This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. Patrick and I are going to get into a lot of the polls that we've done recently on Bucknuts. We do a Bucknuts poll of the day Monday through Thursday, and we've had some really interesting polls, and we're going to talk about some of those on today's show. Before we get to that, Patrick and I were there along with Steve Hellwagon on Monday when Ohio State's players reported for voluntary workouts. That was just cool to see. We've been like wondering you know is there going to be football and we're, we're still not sure but sure looks like there's going to be football I'd put it about 99 percent, as I said on Monday's show but it was just fun to see Patrick it was fun to see Justin Fields coming into practice and then or coming in for a workout and then leaving you know with the big box of, of all the stuff with you know the food that they give them and the drink and the, the clothes for the next day the workout clothes but it was just cool to see all the players coming and going from the whack the other day it was and it was just great to be back there I mean we were there in in early March for the start of spring practice, expecting to be there several other times for interviews and to watch some practice. And then this all shuts down. And, you know, for three months, we're not doing our job as normal. And I know a lot of people around the country had similar levels of experience, not going to work or working from home. Um, so, you know, having seen a lot of my friends and stuff start to go back to normal, it was, it was nice to, you know, actually get up and get dressed and have a reason to, to go out for the day. But then it was, it was also great to see those guys, um, you know, the, the players. It was weird, though, um, just guys walking in with masks, um, you know, the, the social distancing that, that we were doing out in the parking lot. And, and guys, you know, at one point, uh, a couple guys arrived at the same time. One of the coaches had to remind them, hey, hey, you know, we can't shake hands. We got to stay apart, that type of stuff. Um, apparently there was a, uh, you know, a, situation not a situation but in the whack a coach called guys to together and had to remember quickly oh wait we can't do that like normal and so you know there is some some weirdness to it um that I think is just going to kind of become a, a I hate to use this term but a new normal for for the time being um you know so it, it wasn't 100% normal but it, w- it was great that it was the start of something and you know I wrote about it for us I talked about it on the radio that, you know, this is this first step in getting back to, like you said, the, the start of the college football season in the fall. Uh, you know, I'm glad that we, that it started because the longer we waited, the more we heard, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're hearing this, we're hearing this, we're hearing it. Well, now we've seen it. We've seen guys back in the facility. So it's a great first step. Guys were ecstatic to be back. You could just see it as they walked up, even with masks on where it's hard to see people smiling. You could tell there was a level of excitement and guys were just happy to be back, happy to see each other. And that was cool to see. 
and we were not allowed to do interviews, but we did, you know, say like when Justin Fields was walking by, hey, Justin, and then he'd say, hey, how you guys doing? You know, so we, we had a little bit of conversation with the players, but for those that are wondering, we could not do interviews, nothing about football. We could just greet the players as they went through. I don't know even know if Jerry wanted us to do that, but we, we did it. We did it anyway. Um, all right, as promised, let's get into some of the recent polls that we've done. I want to get into the one that I posted yesterday. This, the, our readers have surprised the heck out of me, Patrick. A lot of times I think, okay, this is going to definitely go to no, and the yes wins in a landslide, like what happened yesterday. The question was, should the college football playoff expand from four teams to eight teams? And in an eight-team playoff, you know, we would think probably the setup would be five automatic bids with the five you know, champions of the Power Five conferences and then three at-large bids. And then the quarterfinal games, instead of being played at a neutral site, would be played you know, if Ohio State's the higher seed, they would be hosting it in Ohio Stadium. So that would be cool. So I'm not shocked by this, but I was surprised. I thought most people would say, no, let's not, let's not expand. That's where I'm, I come down. I don't think there should be expansion. My rationale is if you're not in the top four after 13 games, you don't deserve to be playing for the national championship. Uh, so I would vote no, but we had 70% of people vote yes. The college football playoff should be expanded to eight teams. Um, and I get it. Again, it would it'd be really cool to, to host a, a playoff game at, in Ohio Stadium. I get it. But I just feel like it would be watering it down a little bit. If you're the eighth team in the country after 13 games, you don't deserve to be playing for the national championship, in my opinion. What do you think? I think there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, and that's kind of where various opinions come from. I think if you ask fans – more football is great. And, you know, it's more big time games, you know, one versus eight, two versus seven. Those are, those are games you want to see. Um, and like you said, especially in a, in a home venue, you know, does, does Alabama or Florida have to come play Ohio state in Ohio stadium? Those are, those are things people want to see. We know that. Um, so I understand fans thinking that this is, this is a great idea. And I think that would be awesome too. I think if you ask coaches and players, you get a little bit of a different, reaction. Um, I think some coaches would say yes, because it gives them an opportunity that maybe they don't have, you know, maybe some of those schools that don't often get up to the top four, they would have a chance now to get into that top eight, you know, uh, a Wisconsin, a Penn State on given years, um, you know, some of the Pac-12 teams of, of recent years. But, um, you know, I, I think other coaches would say it's, it's too many games, you know, adding another set of games, we already can get up to 15 games. You now you add another one. You know, do you do away with conference championships if, if you do this? And there's been a lot of talk about that. You know, and I think for us it would be fun. Um, you know, just to have some so another big time game to cover. But there are some logistic things. There's also you know, and I know people don't like to talk about this a ton, but there's the student athlete aspect of it. You know, that's taking these guys away from um, you know school at an important time of the year um, for another week. So. I don't know. I think it's a really complicated thing, depending on how you look at it. I do think we will see expansion at some point, but I also agree with you that, that college football has always been special to me because every game matters so much. And while the four-team playoff has watered that down a little bit, I still think you know it's you lose one game and, and you don't feel as good as you did you know maybe coming into that weekend if, if you're in Ohio State or in Alabama or Clemson or something like that. And and maybe you can get it back together, but. I do think it, you know, the more, the more opportunities you add, the more it waters it down and it changes kind of college football. So I really like the 14 playoff right now. It's not going to surprise me if and when they, they uh, you know, do expand, but I'm kind of on your side. I, I think it's fine where it is at the time being. Today's poll, to give everybody a heads up, it's not posted yet. Today's poll will be, what is your favorite bowl game to attend? Big bowl games. We're talking, the, you know, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl 
the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Patrick, you go first on this one. What is your favorite bowl game? Now, I haven't been to all of these ones, um, unfortunately, but I, I would, the one I've been to the most is the Fiesta Bowl, and I enjoyed that a lot. But um, the, the Rose Bowl, when we were out there um, previously, was, was just such a cool experience. You know, they, they talk about the sunset in the third quarter and, you know, all that. And that was very neat. But just, you know, being in Southern California, Los Angeles, the you know, town of Pasadena, everything surrounding that game, even when Ohio State played Washington for, you know, it wasn't a playoff game and, and you know, both teams were excited to be there, but it wasn't, it didn't have that big game feel. Um, it still just felt cool on game day. You know, it, it was the Rose Bowl, you know, the granddaddy of them all, as they say. So that was my favorite experience. I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, the fact that it was Urban Meyer's last game probably helped the last time we were there. So, but yeah, that's the one that if you get the chance to go out and experience that, that game day, the, the parade, you know, the venue is just so cool. Um, I, I really recommend that one. That's my favorite. I agree with you. The Rose Bowl is my pick as well. Now, maybe if the Fiesta Bowl was still at Sun Devil Stadium, I would pick the Fiesta Bowl, but not when it's in, a, in Glendale and that spaceship in the middle of the desert. But yeah, the Rose Bowl, the setting is so beautiful. As you mentioned, the, the sunset. Um, you know, where the San Gabriel Mountains just light up. It, it's just, it's beautiful. And as you mentioned, the, the last time the Buckeyes were there, it wasn't even a playoff game, but it felt like it with it being Urban Meyer's last game and everything. And yeah, imagine the Buckeyes playing a playoff game there. How cool that would be. All right. I want to go back to one you posted earlier this week that I found interesting. And this is another one where our users, our readers, really surprised the heck out of me. The question was, biggest position hole to fill for the Buckeyes this year? Corner one cornerback one I thought for sure it'd be safety I think safety finished like third I think running back was two safety was third I thought for sure it would be safety I understand that the Buckeyes are losing Jeff Okuda and Damon Arnett here's what I don't understand they're returning Sean Wade who's projected as a first round pick right now they got seven banks and Cam Brown that are on the come up that coaches and their teammates just gush about them and the sources I've talked to especially seven banks I think he's gonna have a huge year safety to me is the biggest hole I mean, we don't even know who the starting safety is going to be, and they might use two safeties this year, not just one, because Kerry Combs has never operated defense where they just do the one high safety. I'm sure they're going to mix that in. Ryan Day likes doing it. But it's also going to be Kerry Combs' defense. What, what's your thoughts on it? First of all, what do you think is the biggest hole, and were you surprised that, that our readers thought it was corner? I wasn't surprised just because, like you said, what they are losing at that position. Um, my thought initially was at defensive tackle both defensive tackle positions um, just because, you know, it is an underrated position. We don't talk about it a lot. There's not a lot of statistics that come out of that position uh, from, from the guys in recent past, but you know, you're losing both guys there, both who were, you know, high quality players. And I think those guys just do a lot that goes under the radar that helps guys like Chase Young, uh, Jonathan Cooper, Zach Harrison, you know, the list of defensive ends goes on and on and, and linebackers too. Um, so I think that was mine just from a, you know, you've got to find high production out of that. Uh, but the safety argument I think you made makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of unknown there. Josh Proctor is, is the guy everyone's talked about, but he was hurt to start spring. So he didn't even, we didn't even see him. We saw Marcus Hooker, um, you know, so the little bits we've seen of, of Josh Proctor have been good. I mean, everyone thinks of that hit in the big, at the end of the big 10 championship game that, you know, you could hear from Pasadena probably, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just don't, you know, we haven't seen enough of, of the young safeties to, to say for sure. I think, you know, we got a chance to see Cam Brown seven banks last year and, you know, we saw some growing pains, but 
you know, I think you saw what type of player they were going to be. And that doesn't even mention Tyreek Johnson, who's a former five-star guy who, who needs to start playing like it. So uh, yeah, for me, it was the defensive tackles. I think they definitely have options. It's just, you know, getting those guys in there, but I, 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 what didn't surprise me was that it was spread out a decent amount because I think there are a lot of places you can make arguments. I'm just not worried about D tackle with Tommy Togiai and Teron Vincent. I mean, they are losing three guys with, you know, Devon Hamilton, Jay Sean Cornell, and BB Landers. And that I see what, so I see what you're saying there, but I just feel like Antoine Jackson's on the come up. Um, this is going to be Teron Vincent's year. I really like Tommy Togiai. So uh, I think they're going to be just fine at, at D tackle. Next one I want to get to is a poll we did about Gene Smith. It was, do you approve or disapprove of the job Gene Smith has done as Ohio State's athletic director? And I don't know if we did this five years ago, if it had the same uh, answer, but runaway, 81% say approve of the job Gene Smith is doing. I absolutely agree. I've been critical of him in the past, but I think, you know, as he's, you know, the last however many years, I think he has just been, I mean, he was the adult in the room when, when the very infamous Michael Drake, Urban Meyer, Gene Smith, the three guys who talk, you know, spoke at that press conference, Gene Smith was the adult in the room. He was the one that kind of took the bull by the horns there, and I've just been impressed with his hires. Obviously, you know, it, took, it was a bold move hiring Ryan Day. It looks like an obvious move now, but when you promote from within, you replace a legend with Ryan Day, you better be right, and he was right. I think Chris Holtman was a very good hire. Some basketball fans might think that wasn't a great hire. I still think that was a great hire, and you got to remember, this isn't Duke, this is Ohio State. And I think Chris Holtman's a great fit here. And just everything else that Gene's done, I think he's just doing a very good job all the way around. So I was glad to see that. I was glad to see that his approval rating was 81% among Bucknutters, Patrick. For sure, that was, that was good to see, especially given how he's handled these last few months, um, you know, been kind of a, a leader among college football, you know, been on committees and, and involved with what's going on in the Big Ten and helping make decisions and, and whatnot. And, you know, being very communicative to us about, you know, where, where things stand, what the next step is, you know, the day after you reported that, that the players would be back on June 8th, as soon as they could say something, we were talking to Gene Smith about it. And, you know, I, I think from our perspective, I really appreciate that. I think it gets the message out to the fans um, in, a, in a weird time. And, and then obviously everything you've mentioned with the hires and, and you know, you go outside of just football and, and Ben's basketball. You know, there's, there's a lot of sports that have done very well under his watch. And, you know, he has to get some of the credit, at least for that, for, for helping this athletic department, you know, get to where it has been and, and sustain success in various sports. So, yeah, I'm glad that the fans recognize he's done a good job. Last one I want to get to from our recent polls. Which national championship was your favorite, 2002 or 2014? Now, my favorite was 2002 because it had been 34 years. It had been before I was born since I even won one in 1968, and so it was the first of my lifetime, and it was awesome. It was my first year on the beat, um, although I didn't cover the national championship game because I was kind of part-time that year. I was still working at a uh, newspaper and working for Bucknuts at the same time, and Bucknuts was my part-time job. The newspaper was my full-time, but it's really hard to pick against. I covered the 2014 game in person. Our media shuttle broke down on the way to the game on the side of the highway. We had to have a, an emergency media shuttle pick us up there on the side of the highway on the way to the Jerry World there. And it was so much fun. But really, that 2014 season, I think the Alabama game was bigger than the Oregon game. Um, but just the national championship itself, it's like trying to pick between your children. It's almost impossible. But I give 2002 the edge. But our readers, again, disagree with me, Patrick. They gave it to 2014. I believe it was 60-40, 2014, right around there. Um, we're going to end on this one. What was your favorite? Uh, I, I, I debated about this a lot. And uh, I, I picked 2014 because – 
of the, the way the season played out, um, you know, just the whole experience of it, losing early on, obviously the disappointment for Ohio State fans. Of, well, first losing Braxton Miller, then, you know, the, the uncertainty coming into the season, the losing to Virginia Tech, slowly building back up from that. You know, I thought that season was just, just kind of crazy. Then you lose JT, obviously, in the Michigan game. The expectations drop again. Um, you know, that, that Michigan State game and the way they played up there. You know, just, just a number of these, these games that, that come back to mind. And not that 2002 didn't have that. It certainly did with, with the close calls and, and whatnot. But for some reason, the 2014 season, you know, just stands out as, as, as this team that the odds. And I think you could make the similar argument for 2002. Um, it just happened in a different way. But uh, yeah, for, for whatever reason, 2014 was the one that, that you know, stood out to me. Maybe, it, you know, just I was older and, and appreciated it more. But I, I, I appreciated the 2002 season quite a bit too. So that's just the one that stood out. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Really appreciate it, Patrick. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate that as well. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.